if? What if, guys? What if? What what if uh this podcast was talking about a, a particular Marvel show that uh disappointed some of us and uh, enthralled the rest of us? What if? <laughs> what if we were gonna discuss that today on this podcast? <laughs> um Welcome to the MCU pod. I'm Grant Davis, and alongside me are uh, my co-hosts. I'm going to call you guys co-hosts at this point. You guys pop Ooh. on enough. I'm going to graduate you from guests to co-hosts. Uh, anyway, alongside me are uh, Randy Lander. Hello. And Will Cardini. Hey, everybody. And we're going to be talking about what if the debut episode over on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is the newest Marvel show and it's the first animated one. And this particular episode was an episode that saw Peggy Carter, um, get the Captain America serum, the super soldier serum, and she becomes Captain America. And what if those crazy hijinks happened and Grant, how Grant. different would the, the reality be? Grant, I'm going to stop you right there. You. <laughs> As a co- as a comics fan, you have to know that what if the long the long running comic series? There's been three different iterations of it. It's it's called what if, but it always has the question is central to the title. So it's not what if a bunch of stuff happened. The question, which is in the title, is what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Is that what I, I didn't? That's see the, the title that, that's the actual title. That is the title oh, of the episode. Okay, well, I mean, that's essentially what I said. <laughs> I mean, I guess she's the first Avenger. Sure. But Thor, Thor was alive before her, so in a way, Thor... Right. No, he's the zeroth Avenger. We start at zero. <laughs> Is that how that works? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> You're zero. Okay. Uh, always nobody like the number zero. Nobody liked to call Thor. Nobody liked to tell, tell Thor that you're the big zero Avenger. He did not like to hear it, so they just kind of <laughs> downplayed it, but... Uh, folks, before we go ahead and dive into this, we do want to say that uh, our podcast, the MCU Pod, is um, is produced live over on YouTube. And you can watch us live if you join us on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time over at YouTube.com slash MCU Pod. Go there and subscribe. And we would love to have you directly engage with us when we do these live shows. You can uh, put comments on the side. We can talk to you. We can uh, hear your your questions and your thoughts about anything MCU related. And we will, uh, will agree with you or say you're way off base, you know, something like that. Um, and we, uh, you can also help us out by listening to us, um, over on our, our podcasts and, uh, subscribing there, giving us a rating and review or go to patreon.com slash MCU pod. Hold up. I got a little thing for this. Bam. Uh, put that on the screen. Patreon.com slash MCU pod there. You can make a per month pledge gives a dollar two dollars three dollars four dollars five ten twenty i think it just starts multiplying at that point um and you can join uh different leagues of of uh superhero team ups including the defenders the illuminati the fantastic four whatever we put up there how much do you have to pay to be a new warrior Ooh, i don't think we have new warrior you want to set a dollar <laughs> amount for that that's gonna be like eight Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, 850. 850. Yeah, 850. <laughs> the, 50, the 50 cents goes right to the speedball reclamation fund. So, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, we appreciate all of your support there, and you can come, uh, come pop on and join us. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into talking about the premiere episode of What If the Latest, the latest series from Marvel 
And this one is indeed called What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger, directed by Brian Andrews and written by A.C. Bradley. Um, I don't have a, a, a shorter synopsis from IMDb. I'm not going to go ahead and uh, read all that. But I do have a little graphic to kick us off, and that is it's time for our snap judgments. <laughs> All right. Mm, who are we going to start with? Will, would you like to go ahead and kick things off and let us know what your snap judgment of the premiere episode of What If is? Sure. So, against the um, concept. I removed you. I tried, to, I tried to enlarge you, and I removed you. Start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> um, I have nothing against the concept of Captain Carter, like, I think she could be interesting, but I just thought that episode was really boring. And it just, you know, I felt like I needed to have recently rewatched the first Captain America movie to really enjoy and fully, like, get everything they were doing and everything they were switching up. Just, you know, it just kind of jumped from all these events and introduced all these characters who I didn't really remember. You know, and you kind of need to, like, know who they were. Uh, and the whole what if, like, what if she decided to stay in the room instead? Like, that being the divergence was just so boring. <laughs> and the animation, like, kind of creeped me out. Like, it was a little, like, Uncanny Valley, you know, too, like, too realistic kind of thing where I didn't, I didn't enjoy the animation. All right, all right. That's uh, coming in bold, coming in hot. Will Cardini is a little bit more on the, the negative side of things. Um, Randy, I would love all to right. hear your, your my, uh, snap judgment. Here. My first snap judgment is that Moody abandoned me because I know he liked this show. <laughs> and y'all are both haters, and I'm looking in the comments, it's full of haters. So this is all going to be me yelling at all of you this entire episode because I fucking <laughs> loved this episode. So... I I was super excited for What If. I love the What If comics. I love Peggy Carter, and I really think we deserve to see more of, of Haley Atwell. And so seeing her as basically Captain Britain, which is what she is here, I, I thought they did a great job. I also really love Captain America, the first Avenger, and this was a nod to it. There's a ton of like direct visual nods to moments in the, in the first Avenger, but it's Peggy and the Howling Commandos. I love Steve Rogers being the first Iron Man because he's got a cube powered suit. I loved everything about I love the the bad guy, the Shumagoroth tentacle monster that Red Skull is summoning. I loved everything about this episode. I love the animation. I thought the action sequences here were fantastic. I am I am all in on this. And by by all accounts, this is the weakest episode of what if. Uh, all the critics have seen the first three say that it gets better and better. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be super excited going in. But yeah, no, I'm I'm I, I love this, loved everything, loved the animation. I will grant there's a weird floating mouth thing, but in general, I really liked it. So I think y'all are crazy. <laughs> I'll, all right, then um, I'll go ahead and jump in with my um, with my snap judgments here, because, you know, there are some interesting things about this. I like the concept. I like that um, we take Captain Carter and Agent Carter and say, 
you're you're going to become the person who takes the super soldier serum. What I don't like afterwards is that everything becomes extremely um, contrived and derivative of what has already proceeded in the first Avengers movie. Like her getting that and then her essentially having to follow Steve Rogers same paths and like fulfill the, the plot beats of his story feels um, insulting to me. I was, I was actually kind of upset that we have to have her go rescue his howling commandos and us still see like the same set pieces and all that, that like happened in his story. We have to have these, these, obvious nods to like oh what if you had to do a uso tour because that's what i had to do wink ha 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 and i'm just like stop with that shit uh we have a whole new path and you only have 30 minutes so you don't have to be lazy and just like hash out everything that already happened in the first avengers movie i actually did just watch the captain america first avengers movie right before watching this and it wasn't enriching in fact it was a little bit like enraging for me that i had to like see a a tired retread it reminds me of when a sequel um go ahead goes ahead and like just rehashes a lot of the same jokes of the first movie instead of being something interesting and something new and fresh that's what it felt like and it felt beneath um agent carter Haley atwell that they had her have to do that also it really irks me that tony stark invented the iron man suit out of dire necessity because he's trapped in a cave and he needs a suit of armor to help him escape uh the, the terrorists that have captured him in this cave here is just like oh what if like his dad also happened to make the exact kind of suit design that he made initially for survival but just on a whim because he found he found this cube and could power that no no that's ridiculous and it cheapens everything that Tony Stark did by having Howard Stark just also happen to make everything that Tony Stark did. Oh, um, I was also just last night watching um, Iron Man 2 and uh, the the new concept for the the vibranium, essentially, um, chip that he ends up replacing the uh, uh, pl- was it platinum? No, palladium uh, palladium chip with. That was his dad's design that his dad came up with and then in the most convoluted fashion hid inside of a Disney World park (laughs) that he made. Um, Also ridiculous. But I don't know. I'm just really I was really annoyed. I was annoyed by a lot of those beats. I did enjoy it when Captain Carter um, ends up kind of coming into her own. Her action fight sequences are fucking badass. I love how she's just brutal, whereas it seemed like Steve Rogers was a bit more restrained when he got his powers. She's just like um, beating the fuck out of people. But um, I also really liked when it built up to her um, fighting the tentacle monster at the end. And But, you know, again, a, a rehash of, we got to dance, and then, oh, we're, we're destined to just be uh, lovers who have to be separated by time. I don't know. That's my end of my rant. It's called thematic resonance for fuck's sake. Like it's on purpose that they did this. That's I why I mean and I Marvel like the Marvel thematic does, resonance. Marvel here. does these kind of nods, especially in a what if story, which is, is a thing that they do in the comics too. Usually everybody dies in a what if story. So this this was actually a really good what if story because usually everybody dies, including Spider-Man. But in this one, they they had the bit of like, yes, some things change, but some things don't. Like uh, the him him building the Iron Man suit, yeah, it could have been a different battle suit or something like that. He could have built uh, Steve a flying tank or something like that. But that resonance is supposed to be like, oh, cool, little wink and nod. 
it's not a little wink and nod. That's an overt wink and nod and like pat you on the back and then say, see what we did? See? And it was like, yeah, we obviously see. You, you didn't You had love- nothing else inventive to come up with that like thematically ties. So you had to do a, a direct ripoff. That's just plagiarism. You didn't love the, the fight scene where she's on the back of the Iron Man suit and she's basically fighting. She, she jumps off and it's like taking down planes and jumps back on the end. in an Iron Man suit. I'm okay with you- it, but... So if it was, if it was a different, if the body, if the battle suit looked different, you'd be okay with it. That's all it is. What it looks like. I don't know if I'd be okay with it. See, see, yeah. <laughs> that scene really pulled me out also because of the like cheery jazz music that was playing. And she's like killing all these dudes and like blowing them up and stuff. And I know like, you know, sometimes they, they'll do that in an action sequence, but I don't know. To me, the like music just totally did not fit. Like you need a little bit more like banging on the drums and stuff for that kind of thing to work for me. Mm. Man, if you can't be jaunty when you're killing a bunch of Nazis, when can you be jaunty? <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we, we do have some uh, snap judgments from the audience. I'm going to go ahead and hit on, hit on before we tear into this more and make Randy uh, on the ropes defending this. Uh, Eidlon says, um, it suffers too much from trying to condense a movie's worth of content and development into 20 minutes. Action scenes were fun, though. And I, you know, I also, I, I think they're able to get away with a lot more with the pacing if they're assuming most of their audience is already familiar with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely was, and I, it didn't suffer in the same way as like um, watching the first Harry Potter movie and how that pacing went because they're just like, oh, everyone's read the books. I was like, I hadn't read the books. This is awful pacing. Um, Anyway, <laughs> that, that first Harry Potter was not good. Um, Will Morris says, I think the writers have seen Hellboy because that monster coming out of the portal was so Hellboy. I mean, Lovecraftian. I'm I'm sure the writers have seen Hellboy, but uh, that monster is probably Shumagorath, who's an old Doctor Strange villain who existed like 40 years before Hellboy came out. So, mm, Okay. When it's all Lovecraft, right? So it's all Lovecraft, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you you could say the Hellboy, but that Hellboy was is riffing on stuff too. Yeah, uh, Nicole Jackson says uh, the animation on this versus Star Trek was not very good here. Okay, it's it's a different style. I did watch Lower Decks earlier today, and it is. I mean, Lower Decks is great. I got I gotta give it. It looks fantastic. But right. this sort of rotoscope uh, kind of thing, it can work and it cannot work, and I can definitely see it being a thing where some people don't like it. Uh, I liked it. I like the sort of photoreal thing, but it is a different style. I, I totally get that. I'm usually hypercritical of uh, animation styles, especially if it's garbage anime, because I hate anime. Um, but I really liked this animation. It didn't bug me so much, and I wasn't getting this kind of uncanny valley because I th- still think like this cell animation style is enough removed for me that mm-hmm. I, I take it at that kind of value. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying, Will, that you were you were a little bit um, put off by it. I'm old school. I, if I'm watching 2D animation, I want it to be like 2D animation. You know, I want, I want things to be like fluid and just feel, you know, not so CGI model. Let me ask you then. What did you think of um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Did you that, like that style? Because that does like a really interesting blend of them. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's so creative, and there's so many crazy things going on it's on the screen all the time. The kind of like vibe thing as well. Yeah, yeah, that's very that's very different to me. Well, sure. th- that is such a next. I mean, it's it's on the spectrum. This is this is similar to what they were doing, but Spider Verse is such a next level kind of thing. 
Right. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let, let, let's dive into this. And I think uh, the best place to start is with the uh, the very intro, the narration. And we have mm-hmm. um, uh, Jeffrey Wright, Wright uh, doing the intro, the narration. I love his voice. Um, I love the actor and him having a role as Uatu, essentially the watcher here mm-hmm. uh, is really cool. And I'm I'm interested to see if we're gonna get a little bit more of him as a character, more so than just a narrator in this, because we also see like what was the which movie was it? Was it Guardians of the Galaxy? Where at the yeah. very end we see Stan Lee kind of like hanging out with uh the watchers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so it'd be cool if like they get like a bit more of a a, a plot going on here. Right. Like because He's he's he always hits on that same refrain of like, I don't interfere. I just watch, you know, which is bullshit in the comics. He he always interferes. I'm just creeping through the blinds. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, what would you think, Randy? Um, I I love Jeffrey Wright. I was super happy with casting. And yeah, I I, the having the bookends of Watu describing it is, again, very much a callback to the comics. And I, so I don't know if they'll have him get involved because in the, in the what if comics, he never did. He was always like, he showed up at the beginning, he showed up at the end, but in the fantastic four where he shows up, he was basically his first action was to come and warn them about Galactus. Like he was full of shit uh, from the very start about this whole watching thing. So I'll be curious to see if they do any of that in what if, or if they save that for later. Right. Um, what do you think? Will? yeah, I, I would like to see, Uatu like as a character but I don't I don't know if we'll get that in this I I think that he needs to be there to kind of introduce like where like kind of place each episode right like I think that could be good if it kind of helps people who maybe aren't as familiar with stuff like figure out what where things are if each one is like going to be totally separate or I'm not sure if we're going to see more Captain Carter in the next ones right well, that's there's rumors going around that there is more Captain Carter coming, but I don't know if it's going to be like every episode or if it's more like they've got another episode of Captain Carter. You know, what happens to the Avengers without without her being without uh, Steve Rogers? You know, how is that different? That kind of thing. It, it could be interesting. Like, you know, clearly what if is following after the events of Loki and uh, apologies if anyone watching this um, after the fact failed to see Loki beforehand, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but um, with Loki, clearly the multiverse has been opened up and branched out. And that's why um, on the heels of that, we're seeing the, the birth of the, the what ifs storylines of um, now we can be a lot more playful with um these this this multiverse and these variant um versions of our characters um but it it could be interesting if they're using that kind of format structure of oh all of these are like a one-off don't don't really take too much notice of that to kind of sneak build a secondary storyline of sort of like an earth two in Mm -hmm. in, um, dc like here is here is the captain carter verse and um, every couple episodes, we're going to see a return of her and what she builds as her secondary um, version of the Avengers. Like, what does happen with Iron Man with Tony Stark if his dad right. had already made that suit for Steve Rogers? Like, yeah. how does that influence what he's built and become from that, from legacy, 
versus uh, from you know making himself a self-made man, Iron Man. And see, that's the thing where I think some of some of the people who are disappointed with this episode may get what they want as things move on, and we see the changes because yeah, we were seeing the first Avenger. We're seeing that not a lot changed. Like the Red Skull still had his facility. Uh, he still got the cube back. Like like he summoned a different villain, but it, but it was following the same. He was trying to do the same thing. A lot of the same stuff happened. But yeah, the question of like. Well, what happens to you know? Does Steve Steve Rogers is he the guy who helped found and coming find Shield, you know, instead of instead of Peggy? And what is that? What is that difference? And then yeah, what does it look like when Tony Stark had his dad build an Iron Man suit in the forties? Like it's gonna it's gonna have a, a resonance. So I'm wondering if we will see sequels and more. I would definitely love to see more of this universe and see more of what happens with these characters. You know, um, I never watched Agent Carter, the TV show. You did. Yeah. Right, Randy, mm-hmm. did you watch it? Will? No, I didn't. Right. Um, how instrumental was she in building shield? Was she kind of a, uh, lower command level? Like she was just an operative. Well, in the show, she was just an operative, but in the, in the MCU, uh, they talk about a lot, like in the winter soldier, Steve mentions to Peggy that one of the reasons he stayed with shield is because she was instrumental in the founding of it. And we see her in the prelogue, the opening scene of Ant-Man, She's one of like the three people in the room who's sort of running shield. Like, and we see her in Endgame. We see her office. Like, there's definitely an implication that Peggy was one of the big head honchos of shield. That she and Howard Stark, and I don't know if Bradley Whitford's general has been made uh, a uh, a canon character now by all this, but that there's there's like a handful of people at shield, and Peggy was definitely one of them. We see a lot in this episode, especially. Um with the the help of of actor bradley whitford Mm -hmm. um playing the general a a lot of the awful misogyny that uh peggy carter has to kind of endure in um you know blazing her own path as as captain carter yeah um it, it makes me kind of curious in this alt history timeline if we see steve rogers is the one who's left behind and he's the one who kind of helps um uh, pave forward the path of um, what S.H.I.E.L.D. ends up becoming and solidifying some of those ideals if because he doesn't have to face a lot of these same obstacles of, of misogyny and, mm-hmm. and these hurdles, is he able to say, to make a, a system that's a little bit more um, ironclad and is able to thwart any sort of infiltration of like Hydra? Well, and there's no Winter Soldier. And Bucky does not. There's a right. there's a nod to it. He talks about, oh, you almost ripped my arm off. Right. But there's no there's no Winter Soldier. So there's already there's already a notable changes. Right. So, you know, it, it it definitely could be a lot of fun if What If continues to explore that storyline. I know we're gonna get like zombies, and we're gonna get like a um, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and some other weird stuff going on. Um, yeah. I think there's gonna be a uh, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy crossover. Yeah. It's gonna be cool. Um. So they're going to kind of branch off in different storylines, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what you're saying, Randy, is that we're going to see some of these be all in the same universe and just multiple story points within that timeline. Right. And I don't know for sure, but I uh, like the, the uh, T'Challa being basically star Lord. There's no reason that couldn't be in the captain Carter universe. Right. I, okay. Yeah. The zombies, I'm guessing, is just going to be a weird one-off. Probably, unless it's a weird future thing. But yeah, I mean, we we saw Captain America the zombie in that one, and we saw Winter Soldier in that one, so it is probably a different timeline. 
My next question then, do you both think that some of these elements of stories we're, we're seeing here aren't necessarily so disposable as these, these fun little what if one offs, but they're going to feed into the larger story arc of um, the, the fifth Avengers movie or whatever becomes of uh, what's his name? Uh, Immortus. Uh, Immortus Kang, the one Kang. who, yeah, the one who, yeah, remains. who remains, who remains like, Will, do you think it's building up to, us seeing real life versions of of these animated characters uh kind of brought in from other dimensions to help fight king i think that definitely fits in with how we've seen them build the mcu up with previous things where you know something that's a cameo in one movie or whatever becomes more central later i think it would be foolish of them to not use this as an opportunity to kind of give backstories to characters that we might see in a bit later see more in a live action movie later and kind of enrich that. Uh, I think that'd be a good opportunity. And then it would feel like, because for me, you know, I know Randy, you love the what if comics. I'm not as big of a fan because it's always like, you know, what am I reading? Like, you know, this is it's just one story. Right. You know, so, there's some like Elseworld stories in that that are good if they're like a little bit longer than one issue, you know, to like really tell a complete story. Like, I love that. But with a lot of the what ifs, it's just like, and they're also so tied into the continuity and like something happening. And then this one little other thing happens. Right. So it's just like, so tied into knowing everything that happened before. I don't know. I, 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 I hope they do that just because I think that'll make it more interesting for me to have watched this in the future. Well, I think that's one of the reasons I, I have always been a sucker for alternate world what ifs else worlds all the alternate timeline stuff so yeah i am i am absolutely in the tank for this kind of stuff but i think it's interesting because if they decide to do a thing where they they have all these things resonate later there's two obvious ways to go about it one is to do the exiles which is a bunch of people from alternate worlds who then jumped in quantum leap style jump around different worlds and i love exiles comic the exiles introduced captain carter captain carter showed up in the in the new exiles that launched a few years ago wasn't very successful unfortunately really? but that was where they introduced her in the comics as a concept huh. um and then so that's one possibility is like they gather all these people from these alternate universes and they go around fixing the alternate universes that, that the multiverse they maybe work with the tv or against the tva the other one is the Russos famously were talking about doing Secret Wars. And Secret Wars, the original one, is basically, you know, Beyonder brings everybody to a battle world, all the heroes battle. But there was a Secret Wars that was done by Jason Aaron, I want to say, or maybe Jonathan Hick might get the two of them mixed up a couple of years ago, probably like five years ago now. Basically, it was at Hickman. Yeah, yeah. And there was basically a bunch of, there was, it was a world put together of different alternate realities. So one of them was Marvel zombies and they were, they were all walled off. There was one where the Thors were like cops. There was the uh, one that the X-Men was a day's future past. So basically all these alternate worlds were all together in one big world. And if you were to do secret wars that way, you could use Captain Carter and whoever else they play, you know, T'Challa, well, obviously not T'Challa, but whoever else in live action, you can you could bring in all these what if concepts and make them a team and do an Avengers movie around that. That's pretty big and huge and it would be ambitious and I I could definitely see it working. I mean that feels a little bit like um, Legends of Tomorrow that DC is playing around with, where you're like plucking different like ideal heroes out of time and making them into some ragtag team, mm -hmm. um, which yeah it, it seems like a fun concept except for that. 
man, I just don't like any of the DC stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Except the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is like the first and only thing I think I've seen that's good from DC. I think that's all an execution, though, because it's not the concept that's a problem. I think it's the execution. Oh, man. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, go check out the, the Suicide Squad. It was badass. Uh, okay, so um, going back and taking a look at what they're setting up here with um, Captain Carter, we we see, you know, her kind of go through a lot of uh, of similar beats. She ends up getting a costume because it's it's designed by Tone, uh, Howard Stark, yeah, um, to be theatrical, a la like USO tours as well, um, which still kind of felt a little out of place because you know she's trying to be a covert op operative and why have something really loud and annoying captain america was in that as a product of that just being the thing he had to wear on stage and it was a theater costume why is she ending up in a theater costume but you know why because you can't just have her you have to have you can't have her just fighting in a uniform she's a superhero she has to have a superhero costume so they got to make some reason for her to have it but they didn't make a reason. That's my but, point. They didn't make a cause, reason. Because they had like Howard Stark designed it. Because they had 30 minutes. You want to spend five of those 30 minutes on the ra rationale for a superhero costume? We all know the rationale for the superhero costume. It's so she can be a superhero and look like a superhero. Him giving you the him Give giving you the shield. Seconds. They gave five you five seconds. seconds. No, I need more dialogue to explain. <laughs> I always need an explanation of why someone's wearing a ridiculous ass costume. Because it's a superhero world and people do that. No, that's, that's really that's the only explanation you get that brings me out of it that's that's the problem with um suspension of disbelief that brings me out of it when all of a sudden i go no one who's at, trying to operate as an agent while everyone else is wearing camouflage would be going like i'm wearing the union jack and i'm walking down the street no <laughs> well you were you were you were dropped out of the suicide squad because they never explained why javelin was in that crazy costume Within the context of that world and there being an explosion of that many characters, but if she's the very first Avenger, it doesn't make a sense. It doesn't okay. make sense. All right. Okay, fair it enough. It made All sense right. with how they establish it with Captain America because he's wearing a theater costume. There's That's the only reason. And then it made sense later because they have uh, Agent Coulson, um, who's just like a diehard like, nerd of his, that got to design the costume when for no reason should that guy have gotten to design the costume. <laughs> Because it was awful. I mean, it was, right? Don't you guys agree? It was an awful costume in Avengers? It was still a Captain America costume. They were still working their way through it. I was fine with it. It was, but oh, that's rough. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll, I'll leave that one where it is. Uh, she... By the way, I do want to say, though, I I loved Howard Stark in this. And I loved the, 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 the relationship that he had with Agent Carter, which I liked from the movies comes through in that scene where he brings the costume and the shield. He's basically like, she's, she's ready to give up at that point. And he's like, here's a costume. Here's a shield. Let's go do this thing. And I love him being sort of the snarky. Uh, I loved Howard Stark in this. I, I think it was very different than how it would be, how it was with Stephen Howard, where there was a bit of tension between the two of them. The two of them didn't get each other that much. Yeah, I, I agree there. And, and how they've kind of fleshed out the Howard Stark character through the movies is I, a lot of, what we're supposed to read into the character is a lot of Tony's um, as a son's prejudice about his, his dad and his hostility to that relationship. And so I think we're a little bit more protective and uh, a defensive of, of Tony over a, a dad who's 
um, a distant asshole. But when we see these other scenes from like this movie and mm-hmm. um, from the other Captain America movies, um, he doesn't necessarily come across that way. He's he he's a little bit eccentric and you know, maybe it's just a matter of eccentric personalities kind of butting heads against each other, especially um, egomaniacal narcissists like they mm-hmm. both would be. Um, but it didn't seem like he was ever uh, not supportive of his kid, I guess. Well, he's Tony. He he is he, Howard. Howard is Tony. He basically is the same thing. That's what Tony doesn't like about him. He's the womanizing drinker. Um, so sure of himself. And he is so wrapped up in his work that he doesn't pay attention to the people in his life. And that was Tony to a T. And it wasn't until Tony got older that he, that he saw that in himself. And he was just reacting to the stuff about himself that he didn't like. Mm, okay. I mean, that's fair. We have, we have a question here from Will I wanted to hit on. Um, wasn't Peggy brought in on behalf of the British government? Why didn't the Brits just take charge once she was given the serum? And it's also like, okay, so this relates to something I alone said why would you have a British flag advertising war bonds to Americans that I kind of want to bring up? I mean, I don't, I don't want to bring back the costume thing, but maybe I do. Cause like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't pass the like sniff test. You know, you get up, go to the fridge and you're like, wait, this makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the costume. Uh, it bugged me. And you know, Randy, Take take another minute and write one more line of dialogue, and I'm okay with it. Be like, hey, you know what? We already had this this ridiculous um, British costume from the USO tour. It was actually made in your size. Go ahead and put this on, <laughs> and um, because your your costume got blown up in the whatever experiment, whatever. I just made up a better reason for her to have that. That was terrible dialogue. <laughs> that was terrible. Can I can I give you? Can I give you the Marvel no prize that they, they used to do this? If there was something you spotted, something that was a mistake, they're like, tell us why it wasn't a mistake. We'll give you a no prize, which was a no prize. Um, it's very simple. You just say that the they were going to make her dress up in the Captain America costume, basically. And they're like, yeah, don't talk. You're going to be our Captain America. And Howard modified it. He tell he talks about modifying it. That he modified it. Too. So why do you need that explicitly said? Is it that important? apparently i'm going to dedicate <laughs> most of our episodes to me saying how important that was i just i think y'all's priorities are a little out of whack here always always i mean okay. if you want if you want to nitpick howard wasn't going to give the shield to steve he was going to give him some other shield he built and steve picked it up so he shouldn't have had that metal shield to give to her he should have had the weird square one with flamethrowers on it but they mm. didn't because that was dumb and they wanted to give her the good stuff. I mean, okay. Yeah. That's also ridiculous. <laughs> this episode made no sense. <laughs> uh, okay. Later in the episode near the end, she picks up a sword and yeah. uh, that was cool. That's that a call cool. to um, more of the Arthurian Captain Britain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what was that? Because I'm not, like really well, it. the captain britain which I, I think they deliberately didn't call her captain britain so they leave that but captain britain had a choice between the sword of might and the rod of right or someone like that and he picks one or the other I remember which one and that's how his his powers come about so i don't think it was a nod so much as they were like hey it'd be cool if she had a sword and there was a sword in the german castle because of course there was okay 
Well, it, it seemed like a cool nod, and it was cool to see her wielding a sword. Um, mm-hmm. Her her fight scenes are pretty brutal in how she's hitting people. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm like I'm looking at the the Nazi she's punching. I'm like, okay, sh- that one's dead. That one's dead. There's yeah. no way that one's alive. That one's dead. Like she's definitely killing Nazis. The skulls of all these people. She's definitely killing Nazis. You throw a shield right here at their face, they're dead. <laughs> she threw two of them into a fire. Like yeah. she's <laughs> she just not fucking around. She took them all out. Yeah, the um especially in contrast to having just seen the first Avenger, um, it seemed like uh, Steve Rogers pulled a lot of punches and was a lot more gel- gentle or delicate um, with how he was fighting these people. Whereas she's a brutal force. And <laughs> um, in, in that regard, all of her fight sequences, the animation, the uh, choreography for it, I loved it. When she flips that truck and figures out what she can do, that's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. That <laughs> also, was a good I, I love when the big brutish uh, Nazi guy comes out and he's basically, you know, you then send a woman against me, and she puts the shield down. She's like, I don't need this, and she just goes <laughs> in and just fucking wrecks him. I loved that. Yeah, that had uh, some good um, Indiana Jones vibes to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Of like, I'm just gonna shoot you. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I, I don't need to deal with your shit. Um, I yeah, I, I thought a lot of those elements were really fun, and you know, don't get me wrong. I know I bitched a lot at the front of this about certain things that I have a problem with. But overall, I was still basking in another Marvel property that was a lot of fun. In fact, I watched this one with my daughters, um, and they loved it too. They thought yeah. it was awesome, and it, it it skirted that line of like you know, there's some violence in it, but nothing mm-hmm. that was like too bad for them. So like they were able to just see uh, an awesome kick-ass uh, female hero on the screen, and I was like, yeah, right on, yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the tentacles? Because uh, yeah, because you, I think you explain that shit to me. Because I think that's going to be. I mean, I could be wrong here, but Doctor Strange has this big Cthuloid type villain called Shumagorath, and I have a feeling we're going to be seeing him in Multiverse of Madness. And I think this might have been his first appearance. I think that's what Red Skull was summoning, and that was the big the big danger at the end. Now, of course, functionally, all it was was a set of tentacles, a dangerous thing that she had to push back into a into a portal. But I have a feeling that that, that we're going to find out that that was Shumagorath. I was also thinking about the Cancerverse from the Guardians of the Galaxy by Abnett and Laning, which yeah. is like this universe where they kill death and then everyone lives forever, but they turn into these like kind of tentacle monsters also. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, um, they are all fighting some tentacle monster there yeah. as well. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was that just because I'm not as familiar with the whole all the various tentacle monsters, I guess, that are in the, <laughs> in the MCU. I'll send you my fanfic. You'll be, you'll be, you can, you can read that. That's tentacle hentai porn. That's different, <laughs> and I'm uncomfortable. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wait, what would be the larger um, implications of this aside from like you just think it might pop up as well in Doctor Strange too? I- I think so. I think if the notion Shumagoroth is sort of a Cthulhu type monster, so I basically I think if if Red Skull summoned this through the portal, even though Peggy pushed it back, it could be setting up. It could have opened the the gateway to something else. I mean, like if they wanted to somehow tie this into Marvel Zombies, they could do a what if off a of what if, which they would occasionally do in the comics, where basically it's like what if 
Captain Carter had failed to stop the Cthuloid monster. And it could be the Marvel Zombies universe came about because Carter failed to stop it. So Shumagorath, if I'm saying that correctly, yeah, yeah, um, is able to um, w- once kind of revealed the gateway, is able to tap into the multiverse and, and wreak more havoc. He's a big, scary monster, basically. Doc- Doctor Strange has fought him a bunch of times, and he's got one of these cosmic power sets. Essentially, he's just super dangerous. Other sorcerers use him for power, that kind of thing. So if you wanted to have him tied into a, to a zombie plague or something, you could definitely make that fit. I don't right. know if they will. I think that's a pretty out there theory, but it seems like a possibility. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that the back half of this episode got better for me when it didn't necessarily feel so much as a retread, um, but it started kind of pushing out into its own. After, after the Howling Commandos thing was established, mm-hmm. um, it, it went in another direction for her and uh i was warming up a bit more um to the episode i and yeah i've heard similar things that this is the i don't want to say weaker episode so much as uh the other ones i like, continue to build on this and, and like get even better and deeper into these these what if tangents mm-hmm. of where it could kind of explore um and maybe maybe this one was a little bit more of a stepping stone for a new audience who they're constantly having to consider with any, with any new iteration of their shows. I think that is one thing to think about that. Yeah. If you felt like it was too repetitive or too similar, they don't want to like start off with all these people who are coming into like the idea of alternate universe, that kind of thing. And then do something so wild. They're like, what did I just watch? This is a, this is kind of a comforting easing into it because it is a lot like just basically doing Captain America, the first Avenger with a new character and tweaking little things that may have been by design that could have been on purpose. I mean, mainly the biggest thing I had a problem with was the Iron Man suit. And I love, I love that, um, that Steve Rogers would get to show his heart and be able to be a, he's he's still got the yeah. ability to be a superhero right um i just wish that it wasn't a let's put him in the exact similar uh suit design to what tony ends up uh constructing out of of dire necessity like uh you just if, you, you just didn't want in the future you didn't want to look just like iron man yeah it felt lazy but i guess here's the other thing if they did if they did the the battle suit and look like something else would that not be off-putting to some people? Like, the, well, wait a minute, why didn't they make it look more like Iron Man? I, I feel like, again, it may be that comfort zone of, like, people recognize, oh, it's Cap- it's Captain America and Iron Man. I know those characters. And it may have been done purposely. I get it. It's... I mean, I, it, I get it, your complaint. It's not of, unreasonable. It's the same stream. It's just that... Man, what's a good analog for this? Um, if... If we had um, Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four suddenly make the Blackbird from X Men, yeah, apropos of nothing, <laughs> like yeah. it's like, no, Beast makes that. <laughs> you don't make that. <laughs> Beast makes the Blackbird from X Men. There's no reason for you to make it, Howard Stark. There's no reason for you to make Iron Man but until Iron Man has to make it because he's stuck in a cave. Two That's things. He makes two it. things. Beast only makes it in the movies. In the comics, it came from like Xavier's government connections. Oh, okay. and and two, uh, 
Howard Stark and Tony Stark are very closely related. So you can't tell me it's that crazy that his dad would come up with a similar design for a, for an Iron Man suit. Like if you were building a battle suit, that's the Stark model. If you I go can back, say it's crazy. He if, should have had some just like exoskeleton shit. Or if something. if Phineas Q Stark from the Wild effect. West were to make a battle suit, it would look just like Iron Man. It's just like it's the Stark design. I okay. All right. I'm, I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop it. Just, I I actually I've only given you a hard time. I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I it's it's a reasonable complaint, but I think for me the nod was so much fun and seeing Steve in that in the Hydra stomper and seeing him paint hello from Brooklyn on and all that kind of stuff. That was that was great for me. I mean, I would have loved it if it would look a little more like the Iron Giant or something instead they did that nod, but I, I understand why they're like, let's make it a little familiar. So basically he builds the Iron Man suit. And also, I do want to see if they do a sequel, they could answer some of your complaints about here because if they do a sequel showing, well, what does Tony Stark do if Iron Man's already been built? How does that change his thing? I'd really interested to see the answer to that question now. Right, right. There, there's a lot to explore from the trickle-down effects of that one little change. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like the, the, the butterfly effect um, idea of, of how radically the universe um, adapts and changes, because now we're not just saying that um, Captain America was this one-off super, sorry, I'm burping a lot. Um, Captain America was this one-off superhero um, that got frozen in time. We're also saying that, um, Captain Carter got frozen or uh, disappeared in a, a time vortex or yeah, yeah. vortex, but that Iron Man stuck around and has been around as a superhero force since the 1940s. Right. And how does that influence all the other uh, continuing superheroes that kind of pick up the mantle from there? And that world is radically different than everyone kind of just picking back up in the, the nineties and aughts. So, I've been very complimentary about this episode, so I would like to touch on the one thing that I think is a complaint. Um, they say that the big difference is that Peggy decides to stay in the room. But, and and you just watched the first Avenger, Grant, so correct me if I'm wrong in here. The spy is up in the observation booth, right? Like no, the spy comes down from. Does the he come down? Room. Okay, so he she is goes down up there. There. Um, what okay. Is, what is weird is the spy doesn't decide to detonate until after um, Steve goes through the machine. So that makes sense to me though, because they made that difference clear because she spots him. She, she sees him. She sees something. him playing with his light with his lighter or whatever. She sees and him so... pull it out, but he doesn't seem to indicate he sees her. It would have been great if he gives a quick nod to her and yeah. goes, "Oh, I need to blow this up even earlier than I planned." Oh, I, I definitely got that implication because she charges him, and that's when he sets it off. I, I thought oh, okay. that. I just thought he was in the wrong place. But if he was now, in fact down there, he, he comes down. Okay. She went up to there um, when the explosion happens. Yeah. So uh, that that ended up working for me as far as. Uh, you know, even even just her presence down there and the guy maybe being a little bit more trigger happy than yeah. um, curiosity, getting the best of him and wanting to see what happens with Steve. Um, yeah, that all plays out pretty well for me. So I was like, yeah. OK, I, I liked the can the um, justification for why she would have gotten into the. I thought uh, that was and well done. Yeah, it, that along with like the pushback of no, don't go in there, and mm -hmm. um, Howard encouraging her, like go ahead and jump in, like yeah, let's let's go ahead and run this through because you know we're only gonna get one shot. Um, all of that played out pretty well. I also didn't know this because, but you guys probably remember a little bit better the one shot with um, 
yeah Peggy carter had mm-hmm. bradley whitford actually playing yes. that character yes yes that's where so agent okay. so so the two ups two seasons of of agent carter seem to not be in continuity but the agent carter one shot that was like an extra on the dvd of captain america maybe i don't remember which one um is apparently in continuity because it was referenced in the uh avengers assembled thing that they put that they put out little promo or the marvel legends thing that they put out ahead of this one okay so i guess that's considered a continuity i think agent i think uh Agent Carter, I don't think Bradley Whitford's character was in that. I think he was just in the one shot. I I do gotta say, I didn't I didn't recognize the character, but mm-hmm. I did recognize Bradley Whitford's voice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's Bradley Whitford, I bet. Um there's there's been some interesting news about the voice casting for this show in particular, mm-hmm. because um one thing of note, like it seems like they they brought in like a big roster of a lot of the people who played these characters to all, all do their voices again. Um, but there's also a few kind of standouts that did not uh, come back and reprise their voice. Uh, Chris Evans doesn't um, yeah. play the voice of Steve Rogers again. But here. The, the guy that got to voice him, I thought did a great job though. Yeah. I couldn't great. tell. Like I, I was convinced it was still him. Yeah. And the new and the Red Skull is the guy they got to play the the guy who replaced Hugo Weaving. Yeah, but that makes sense because Hugo Weaving hated playing Red yeah. Skull. But, mad. but also this guy, he in you know, he played sort of ghostly Red Skull in Endgame. We've never seen him voice like the regular Red Skull. I thought he was basically indistinguishable. I thought he did a great job. Um that guy has done um some videos where he is uh Ross Marquand. Uh he's he's a straight up mimic <laughs> he's okay. able to like do a bunch of people's voices he's basically that guy from police academy uh um, toby jones with toby jones was in this which was great right sebastian but stan one of the uh interesting ones i saw on twitter was someone was asking um dave batista about him playing drax and he's uh-huh. like well they never even asked me huh. to voice drax because mm-hmm. i guess drax does pop up in like the third episode oh okay <laughs> Okay, and um, has a number of lines, but like Dave Batista was never even asked. And when he said, "Yeah, they never even asked me," uh, on Twitter underneath him, Sean Gunn or uh, James Gunn goes, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> so, like, he was also shocked. So yeah. that that just seems like some interesting uh, behind the scenes drama of like yeah. who they asked to come back and do do the voices, and whose agents maybe pushed back against this and said, "Show us the money" or what? Yeah. I don't even know. Well, there was a little, I mean, there was a little drama involving the Guardians, and Batista spoke up for Gunn when he got fired by Disney briefly, so they might have been like, well, you're not a team player, you don't get the extra $30 for voicing Drax and What If. Right. Um, we, we see a, a little cameo of uh, Jeremy Renner's uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye pop-up, yep. as well as Samuel Jackson's uh, Nick Fury. Um I did love that he says put down the sword the same way they just put down the scepter to Loki. I li- I like the nods. I like the 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 echoes of it. Some of those things are fine. I like those kind of echoes. Like your character would probably have the same reaction and ha- say the same line to mm-hmm. this character or to that character based on this circumstance. It's um, just when they try and like redo an entire movie, you know, no. that's when it's like takes it too far. And and there's a lot of we need to hit all the same beats of the first Captain America movie in this episode. And, you know, it worked for you. It worked for a lot of people. I think other people are grumbling a little bit, but they're still going to stick with this and we're all going to watch it and be OK with it. I'd um, really be curious to know how what the viewership of this show was versus 
the live action shows because mm-hmm. my impression is just that you know adults don't watch animated shows as much as they watch live action shows right so and i just i just wonder how much of the audience they've retained i'm curious about that too because i think it's definitely a big enough audience like star wars bad batch is, is getting a second season and that is a show that is in it's aimed the same way this is in that it's kid friendly enough but it's clearly not aimed just at kids it is aimed at super fans of the property right and so i'm curious like how much of an audience it gets i mean the nice thing about this working hopefully hopefully it does work is that animation opens it up to do a lot more stuff that you can't do if you're trying to do everything in live action there's only so much live action can do and actors are going to age out of the role but if they wanted to go back and do say stories of what happened with the avengers you know what happened with the with the uh avengers between infinity war and endgame if they want to do the captain america's nomad black widow all that stuff if they could get sound alikes for Scarlett Johansson and the Chris Evans, they can do all that in animation without having to worry about the fact that all the actors have aged out of the point. You can't do a prequel. So they can start doing connective tissue stuff. I don't know if they will, but I would love to see a mini series of what exactly happened in those three or five years between infinity war and Endgame. I definitely think that the, the diehard community already is going to watch anything Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I even think like the casual fan will find that just because of the accessibility of this being on Disney plus and it not being um, a heavy time commitment, like all of their shows, they're doing like uh, six to eight episodes each thing. And, um, you know, keeping the the length of these a little shorter, it still makes it pretty accessible. And it's it, there's something comforting in in familiarity about this premise in itself that it's already marketing off of being Marvel, but then being, you know, like, oh, I kind of recognize these characters, but they're just doing like a, a slightly different take on on these things. Um, this feels fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm wondering is uh, that larger, like like you said, that, that connective tissue that's going on between this and the grander vision of phase four of Marvel are they are they trying to take this in that kind of direction of saying um, these stories aren't necessarily just one-offs, but they actually do matter. What is happening in these does show sides of characters that um, will play a big part in either our characters that we're familiar with, like like let's say we see the zombie one and we see. Um, a we get a revelation of some backstory of um of bucky's winter soldier from there that mm-hmm. we never got that kind of revelation in our own story that still is informative to us of, of our version of bucky right like we're still getting some piece of the puzzle that um enriches our personal uh um, investment in our character yeah or if we're getting kind of these um, connective layers between like this Peggy Carter is going to build her own version of the Avengers. And that, uh, that team is going to cross dimensions with our known Avengers and some ultimate battle that we're going to see um, this big crossover when they're fighting Kang in Avengers five, right. something like that. Like yeah. all of these could have um, larger potential impact. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that's kind of the point of each of these episodes. They're not just doing a what if for the sake of, you know, kicking back and having fun with a one-off story. Mm -hmm. It's that each of these have a deeper purpose and are layering on 
what they're building toward uh, in this expanding universe. And I think there's every reason to expect that because Marvel traditionally has not, I don't think they've done anything that doesn't connect to the larger picture. You know what? So there's no reason to think they would start doing that. Now, I mean, I, I, maybe they are, but but with them opening the multiverse stuff, it makes a lot of sense that basically they're doing the thing where like they're going to lay all these seeds and then have them later. I um, I was on uh, the site called Reddit. I was on the site called Reddit. And Never heard of it. I <laughs> I was posting about this idea of um, looking at the colors of magic that um all of the characters use because wanda you know wanda and wandavision she uses distinctively red magic and agatha harkness she distinctively is using purple you look at um dr strange he's he's definitely using an orange magic for most of those little like radial shields and stuff that he's mm -hmm. constructing um loki seems and sylvie all both seem to conjure like a green magic um and then i i i I extended this idea a little bit further because I was like, okay, Captain Marvel, yellow. She has like a yellow energy force that she's she's channeling. And then Thor is clearly blue lightning. So I'm like, okay, everyone is like channeling like this this color prism and they're they're pulling in um cosmic forces or magical forces, however you want to think of it, um, that are all these different elements of the color spectrum. And I was like, this is going to, I, I made some posts and I put it on Reddit <laughs> where I was like, this is like the new version of the infinity gems. And people are like, well, how do you correlate the powers? And I was like, no, 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 that's not my point. Um, <laughs> my point isn't a correlation, direct correlation of powers so much as it's like um, everyone is pulling a power from a different power source that are all these like magical forces. And I think Thor's hasn't necessarily been identified as like a magical force, but he's clearly pulling blue lightning. Right. Um, and and someone's like, you know what? I think it's just like what's distinctive on screen. Yeah. And my point was, no. <laughs> Do you not think that the team at Marvel hasn't had discussions about what magic means and what the color differences would be in between all these people? They think about all of these things because that's just basic world building for all of these people. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to think of what your colors are when you have magic show up on screen. And, and, and it's just like the same thing as you're saying, Randy, like they're not going to just have these episodes just for the lulls of it. They're, these are all like considerations for how this fits into the larger narrative. I talked a lot. <laughs> Sorry. There's a comment from Will Morris that referenced the leftovers. And I know that's one of your particular things. And I think he's got a point. Yes. Um, he's not wrong. It would be a darker show, but I want to see it. The five years. Oh, yes. <laughs> but then again, I watched all three seasons of the leftovers. So, you know, um, yeah, I saw this video that was doing a takedown of, um, of Falcon's speech in, um, Falcon and the winter soldier at the very mm -hmm. end. That was mm -hmm. like, this is kind of empty. And it's also negating the fact that like, you know, you're suddenly dealing with, uh, the GRC having to like confront half of the population suddenly like double, double the population on the planet like this is a very complicated issue and uh, you can't just say platitudes of like do better do better okay sure but what are we supposed to do man we're trying to figure out some really complex stuff like that sounds cool but what what's your larger point there and you know it's it's kind of like i watched this and i was like they really did a disservice to falcon at the end of that episode that like he gives a, a big empty speech <laughs>
anyway that's another gripe i feel like i'm just griping a lot this episode <laughs> um what do you guys think about what we are going to see for um the rest of the season i predict everybody's going to be mad about the black panther as guardians because it's going to be very similar it's going to be the guardians movie but with t'challa in it it's going to be a lot of similar similar beats I predict everybody's going to love the Marvel zombies and it'll be one of my least favorite episodes. Um, and beyond that, great. got fuzzy. I know I fixed it <laughs> beyond that. Um, I don't know what else to expect. I know there's a Loki Thor episode. And I know there's a Dr. Strange episode, but I don't know the, the only what ifs I know, I know we're going to see the zombies. I know we're saying T'Challa as, um, as star Lord. And I'm trying to think what other things were indicated in the in the what ifs of, of any other teasers that we got. I feel like there were some, but I can't remember what they were. What about you, Will? I'm going to go ahead and predict that this is the last. They're not going to do a thing where all these connect to each other. I'm just going to say it. It's all <laughs> going to be different multi different multiverses, different universes in the multiverse. And then maybe later they'll come together. But in this first season, they're just going to be kind of like telling these different stories. Just just really episodic kind of uh, jaunt through the MCU. Yeah. With some, with some fun, just kind of speculation, but low stakes. That's right. that's my prediction. I mean, if we're getting multiple seasons of this, have you already heard we're getting potentially there's, a second season? There's There's two already. Really? They they announced they they filmed this as two seasons. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, and I think that is exciting. Sixteen episodes, or is it sixteen episodes per? I can't remember. Uh, I didn't I think, even know they were getting sixteen. I, I think it's per. I think it's sixteen episodes. It's sixteen total. That would make. But sense. I think I think. Um. Okay. That's that's really cool. Um. Yeah, I wonder how how that'll kind of map out over the years because. You know, that does make a little bit more sense given, you know, Loki's getting another season just because of how you can make a TV show versus um, all the elements going into the production of a full scale film and the release schedule for that. Uh, You know, we're not we're looking at a lot of time before we get uh, Ant-Man Quantumania, let alone Avengers (laughs) 5, which hasn't even been slated. Uh, so yeah, them being able to just take their time and really explore a lot of storytelling through, um, this television medium with all these, uh, animated shows. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Okay. So I just looked it up, uh, nine episodes for the first season and then nine episodes of a second season that's already been ordered. Mm. Sweet. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see there. Um, do you guys have anything else as far as uh, uh, any comments on this before we go ahead and wrap things up? No, I'm uh, I, again, I love the what if concept. I uh, love Piggy Carter. I was glad to see more Haley Atwell. And uh, if this is if this is as bad as it gets, I'm going to love this series. I think I'm kind of on that same page. I, I think that any of my gripes on here um, are friends who have. Uh, received like early uh, teasers or early uh, press releases of like multiple episodes have said that things just improved from here. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to where things continue to grow. And I know I'm just being a little bit uh, crotchety. Uh, Will, what about you? I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to get over the um, animation style 
And, you know, if it, it's more like rehashing of movies, so I, this will probably be like a disappointment for me. But, you know, I'm willing to give it a second chance. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone who joined us this week on the episode. And uh, thank you to you too. Will, where can people find you? You can find me at Will Cardini on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, right on. Uh, Randy, what about you? Uh, you can find me at uh, roguesgallerytx.com. That's my store. We do a podcast there. And at thetvdudes.com, where I do my weekly TV podcasts. And uh, as always, um, don't find me. Leave me alone on the <laughs> internet. Uh, that's where you can find me. Um, and we're going to wrap things up here. We're going to be back next week, of course, talking about episode two of what if, and, uh, hopefully I'll be a little less, uh, shitty about it, <laughs> but no, no promises. I do not make any guarantees there. Um, all right. Until then, uh, man, I'm really blurry. There we go. <laughs> My webcam is being a little squirrely. But here. Grant, Grant. What if you weren't? What if what if my webcam was blurry? <laughs> That's what's going on here. MC you later. Uh.